um, if you go in with the mindset it's going to be different, don't try to make go find America, uh, United States there. That right. makes me aggravated when I hear people from the United States <laughs> complaining about things there when it's just different because they're diff- it's right. different. It's not right or wrong. It's different. Yep. And you hear them complaining because they can't find iced tea. <laughs> and, That's true. Uh, and I'm like, bring your eye, get some, bring your own iced tea. Okay, <laughs> give me a break. Try a drink from there. Yeah, try, exactly. Try what they do. Welcome to TFC Conversations, where we want to strengthen your faith one conversation at a time. Well, welcome everybody to. TFC Conversations. I am your host, Frankie Benitez. I'm your host, Alex Miller, and we are so happy to have Mrs. Patty Jennings yep. on the podcast. Thank you very much. We are excited. We need to put some claps in there. <laughs> that was real claps, not sound effects, just yeah. so to all of us listening, anyone listening. <laughs> well, we wanted to start off, Patty, by um, asking you, we have a couple icebreaker questions. I'll ask the first one. Um, first question is, what would you say your favorite meal is? Uh, my favorite meal really kind of depends on whose house I'm at and what country am I in. But if you're talking about home cooked here in East Texas, I like to make a good mac and cheese with lots of different kinds of cheese. Oh, mm. what kind of cheese are we talking? Usually what's in the refrigerator, <laughs> but just a mixture of like cheddar and I don't know, just whatever is in the refrigerator, really. I like no, that. no protein, just just mac and cheese. Just mac and cheese. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You know. My wife would love hearing you say that. I don't yeah. do it very often because too much cheese is not exactly good for the cholesterol level. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good for the heart. But you said what I <laughs> like, not what I allow. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you've been you've been um, you've been backpacking in and doing hiking like in a lot of awesome places. I know recently you showed me a picture of uh, a place that you went to. Is it Colorado? Is that where yeah, you went? Yeah, it was in Uray, Colorado. It was just amazing. So so how is that like being in the middle of nowhere? I mean, really trusting your instincts. Uh, I, you had to breathe and stay calm when you're by yourself. Uh, that most recent backpacking trip, I actually was hiking with my husband, but I do go by myself sometimes. But it's just breathtaking to be out there camping and you wake up to those mountains and sometimes even in the summer you're walking through snow if you're high enough. Uh, Colorado's a little bit hard on me because I have to really watch my breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, every person who's from Colorado would always pass me up on the trail because they're used to the altitude. And they would stop and give me advice about how to handle the altitude because I'd be having trouble. But it's just breathtaking. And most of time I'm on a trail, I don't trample through the woods like Dennis does, like hunting for game or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when I get actually get off trail, I have to really calm myself and just sit there and breathe and think before I make any decisions and make it worse. Sure. Wow. But it's just breathtaking to be out in God's beautiful creation. Out of curiosity, what's the what's your favorite place you've uh, you've hiked in? That's hard to say, because I love the mountains. Uh, I, I love the mountains, but I also did some um, hiking. Uh, I didn't sleep overnight. I stayed in a cabin, but I did some hiking in some rainforest in Costa Rica. That was also awesome. Mm. 
And um, so that's pretty awesome, too. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Now, I really don't know how to answer that because every place I go, I take it as it is, as God created it, and try to see the beauty in it. So I'm not really sure how to answer that. But I do like hiking in the mountains because of the fact that being too hot is because I don't uh, is not even a factor in the mm-hmm. summertime most of the yeah. time. So that's when you know, but. Beautiful places that God created are just beautiful places in their own right and different facets and Absolutely. different reasons. Yeah, and, and I think I may be jumping ahead of uh, what we were wanting to talk to you about, but you mentioned Dennis, your husband. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to say that he's amazing. Yes, he uh, is. Last Wednesday, I saw him through this window right here in my office, if you're listening to us. Um, and he was he was pushing you know this dolly with uh, orange cones. Mm-hmm. And if you know... And that's what I wanted to ask you at what he went through and how you guys uh, faced that challenge. But he's just amazing. I mean, he's up and running and serving. And I told the, our staff, I was like, well, there goes everybody else's excuses for not serving. Yeah. <laughs> well, he is. We still are being very careful about how much he's able to serve because we've been told to watch out for the heat. So he has to time his heat out and very carefully. But yes, uh, I will never forget this date. On May 13th, I'm in the kitchen cooking dinner, I mean lunch, for him and a friend of his that was working on another part of our house. We're building a house that we're living in, but there's still some unfinished parts. And the his helper, his friend, opened the door and said my name like I will never want to hear again. Mm-hmm. And he had, um, he had they were both up in the attic working on something, and he had fallen we believe from the attic, nobody really saw it. But the last place that his friend saw him, he was standing in the attic, and and then he turned around for a second and heard a thud, and he turned around, and Dennis had fallen and uh, and hit his head on the concrete. Mm. And um, that we had to rush him to the hospital, and he went through two brain surgeries that night. Um, the first one he went through, and these lovely... I. CU nurses caught the problem and they had to take him immediately back in. And I am very thankful to all the healthcare workers and the doctors and the nurses and everybody that took care of him. And I'm very thankful to just all the prayers we had going around the world because this has been an experience. We went from a normal day to somebody with brain damage that we didn't know if he was going to live. And if he did live, we didn't know what kind of life he was going to have. And so, and he doesn't really remember most of it. He woke up in rehab. Mm. And, um, but I just, me and his loved ones, we just had to kind of just face it and pray about it. I mean, even the doctor is saying, well, I did what I knew what to do. Don't know what else to do. So we'll wait and see what happens. So it kind of forces you to trust uh, God. But it was very um, traumatic. It was like a horrible thing, traumatic to go through, but an awesome victory because even everybody that worked with him was like going, he's home from the hospital. He's out of the hospital. Mm -hmm. He's already going home from rehab. He's already dismissed from home health. He's already able to, if it's not too hot, work on things at the house. And this happened May 13th. I know. And so it's just, um, I'm just thankful to everybody that supported us. But yes, this was definitely, God came down and said, no, it's not his time. Because 
even though I'm very thankful to all the medical people, these are gifts from God. They are not the ultimate answer. They are gifts from God, from God that tools that God can use. But it was really God who healed that, especially since uh, the first time they did the brain surgery, they thought they had gotten it, and then he started bleeding again. When he goes in the second time, he can't find the bleeder. Hmm. And so he put some kind of material that was supposed to search for the bleeder, but we would literally just had to start praying, God, find these bleeders. Wow. Because the doctor couldn't find the bleeder, you know. And then he had this big contusion right here that was messing with his ability to think clearly and to think for himself and stuff, and that just had to be healed by God. There was nothing they could do about that except for take it out. Mm. And we didn't want to say take out his brain. So mm-hmm. I just, um, me and his loved ones, we just continued to speak life into his brain. And then he aspirated into the lungs because the brain quit working. So th- your automatic functions like swallowing quit, quit working. So he aspirated into his lungs where uh, he's getting a fever. So I'm like speaking life into the lungs and speaking life into the throat and speaking life into the brain and and um very clearly the nurses know what i think because Mm. they walk in the room and i'm speaking life into the brain and breath into the lungs and but i just pretty much had to face it with the idea that my god is my creator and i'm in this fiery furnace and it's going to be what it is he's still my god wow Mm. and and for those who are who are listening right now and maybe uh, don't attend Trinity Fellowship or listening at a later date. Patty, would you explain the the timeline of the recovery? I know it happened on May 13, and now <laughs> it's September 20 when we're okay. recording this. Um, it happened May 13th. I believe we went from the ICU to the rehab around May 29th-ish. I don't know the exact date. And then we came from home from the rehab place, um like June 17th, and then we did about a month of home, month or so of home health. So he's been, so he was released from home health um, about maybe a month to five weeks after we came home from, um, uh, and see, like he got his, he had a feeding tube that had to stay in regardless if he was using it or not because there's something about they can't take it out too soon. I believe it was taken out July 23rd, and then we were released, released from home health maybe the next week, I think. So we're talking about a quick timeline wow. uh, for your brain to heal. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and he continues to work, um, did, um, work on his balance and everything, but he seems back to normal to me, but we are still told to watch the heat and be careful of the heat to make sure that heat regulator in your brain is working. Yeah, and I'm sure like for all of us looking from the outside in, it looks like a super quick recovery. And then for you, it probably was, in the inside, it was really long. It was, it, I knew it was quick in my brain. Right. Because uh, I'm like going, we're already out of ice. Uh, we were out of ICU. Well, we went out of ICU and had to go back because we did have that. Uh, we did have one major scary thing that happened. That I'm very blessed that these doctors were all so on top of it, though, because we actually, even though they did give him an antibiotic, I don't think he ever really developed pneumonia from the aspiration into the lungs. It was a, a more. Of a, uh, I don't. I mean, he was running a fever, but it never got too far. Mm. 
And um, so, um, but then we went back out of ICU and, was, and then, I mean, it just was fast. I know yeah. it was fast, but when you're in the moment and you're sleeping through the night, waking up, um, making sure everything's okay. Because we had the issue of the fact that if he got out of bed without help and he fell, it could be secondary injury. Mm. or third, uh, whatever. So that was an issue even in the rehab. That's the reason why they allowed me to stay overnight, even though they, they didn't really want a lot of people in there because, you know, the COVID-19 restrictions, I had to take a test to get permission to stay there, and I was kind of locked in there. I think the time that I knew that was probably going to be okay was actually something scary that happened in the rehab. They were great there, but one night somebody came in and helped him go to the bathroom, and they forgot to turn the bed alarm on. And so, uh, and that alarm goes off when he tried to get up by himself. And so, um, and I know it was on when I went to sleep. I woke up in the middle of the night, and I felt like something was jabbing me in my side. Mm. And I woke up to see him trying to stand up, and I was able to spring up and go over and keep him from falling down. Mm. And the, uh, and at that moment, I thought, what jabbed me in the side? And I thought, well, God woke me up. So, And at that moment, I kind of felt like, Things are going to be okay. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I knew everything was going to be okay because I'm with God and regardless of what I'm walking through, he's going with me. But I'm, at that moment, I thought he's going to recover. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. That, that event made me think he's going to recover completely. Wow. You know, and but at that time, I was just still trusting God. Like I said, whatever happens, you're my God. Mm-hmm. And he has recovered. Yeah, he's recovered. Yeah, and and if There's, you're a, if you're a healthcare worker and you're listening to us, man, we honor you today because mm-hmm. you do great job. You do a great work. Amen. So yeah, we're so grateful for that. And um, man, we're so grateful. And then to shift shift gears a little bit, make and about your life, Patty. We want to uh, talk about that and talk about kind of your upbringing and, and those sorts of things. So give us give us kind of a. Uh, this idea of Patty Jennings. How, how did you grow up? What was kind of your upbringing, your childhood, and then your story of, of you know, uh, with G, walking with Jesus? Okay. Well, I was born in Oklahoma. Don't have a clue how long I lived there because my father built water towers and we were like this nomad family <laughs> that we went from job to job and I lived in trailer parks. And um, now my sister really had this nomad life because I think she was a freshman in high school when we settled down. I only actually went to three schools. Um, But eventually my dad decided that it might be better if uh, he did the traveling during the week. So we settled in Garrison, Texas, and we still just did the nomad thing during the summer. He would stay in working man hotels and stuff during the week and then uh, come home on the weekends and then during the summer, he would get an apartment, and we'd go there. But we had, like, a homestead in Garrison, and so I went most of my uh, schooling in Garrison. So I didn't go as too many schools as my brother and sister did. And so but because, because of my parents being so committed to each other and really good parents, I was quite blessed. But And also this upbringing, we were a very tight-knit family. Mm. And so we are very, very – even when we're mad – as crazy at each other, we know we're there for each other. We're, it's a tight-knit family because, you know, families fight, hey, get mad at each other. <laughs> Children do anyway. Um, and my upbringing, as far as God goes, I always knew there was a God. I don't really – my sister says that wherever we went, my mother made sure we went somewhere, but little you don't remember. Um, mm-hmm. And so I actually only really remember going to First Baptist Church growing up in um, 
Garrison, Texas. My sister tells me stories of other places we visited because my mother was very um, uh, important in making us realize that there was uh, God was real and Jesus was real and all that. My dad also uh, was um, made sure that we understood about God and everything. He actually became more committed. He was a studier of lots of religions, so he was still on his own path a little bit, I think. Um, um, and I, went, I can't, maybe in high school, he really became committed. I don't know. But in the household, though, it, um, his studying did not come into the household. Uh, my mother was very adamant that you study that all you want but, <laughs> and everything. So I was pretty much raised to believe in God. And I went to a Baptist church in Garrison, had a very important lady in my life. Uh, she was my Sunday school teacher part of the time. My, GA teacher was kind of like a Baptist Girl Scouts thing, mm-hmm. and she was my sixth grade English teacher. And to this day, if I'm quote a scripture at your King James, I'm pretty sure I learned it from her <laughs> because she was really adamant about us learning scriptures. In fact, she would tell us repeatedly, your real reward is that your scripture is in your heart, but I'm going to give you a reward for so many scriptures anyway, <laughs> you know, yeah. teacher thing, you know. And so, um, awesome. so I've always... And it really helped me through this most recent experience, too, because um, having such a good father, when I hear the words Heavenly Father, mm. I really hear something good. Some people struggle in this area. I've experienced in ministering to college students that they struggle in the area of the idea of their father being their Heavenly Father because they don't know what a good father is. But since I had such a good home life, I could really... Um, go, okay, God's my Heavenly Father, and this is awful that I'm going through, but I'm just going to trust Him and deal with it and do the best I can. But um, I want to say I became a Christian at age 11 in vacation Bible school. Hmm. And um, and uh, my journey with the Holy Spirit was um, really more later, even though I always was a little bit different than the other children in school because I had, diff- I mean, in Sunday school because I had experiences that I knew that the Holy Spirit was more than just a comforter, but I really delved in that, into that into college. And so I became Spirit-filled in college. Was there a specific experience that where you became Spirit-filled? Was it just seeking the Lord on your own? What was kind of the story of that? Uh, my awareness that, uh, that God could speak to you in that way with him through the spirit or whatever happened actually in my church I was is in the altar call the preacher was up there asking if somebody wanted to come down and I had this this heavy burden Mm. like a word from God saying you need to ask this young man next to you if he needs to go down and the young man next to me was like a leader in our youth group and I'm like having this argument with God going, but he's the leader in our youth group. What am I going to ask him that for? And so finally I succumbed to that, and I reached over and said, you know, do you need to go down there? And he just looked at me like, how did you know I'm not a Christian? Mm. He said, yeah, I do need to go down wow. there, but I'm not ready or something like that. Anyway, so I'm like going, so God can speak to me So and everything, you know. And then there was another time that we were singing this song in church that, so I lift my hands to heaven, so I thought, well, we're going to sing it, and I'm going to do it. So we lift our hands to heaven, and we kind of, that didn't go up too well. 
anyway because the church wasn't ready for that. It was um, a Baptist church. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful church, but that was not. Uh, but you know, I was taught a certain way about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Right. It's an area that I disagree with my upbringing now, even though there's so much of it I agree with, and I'm blessed by it and thankful for. Yeah, absolutely, and, and you lived a, an awesome life i think very very adventurous full of adventures and um and you've you've visited multiple places and i wanted the people to hear the story of uh, costa rica uh on the bus because i thought that was an awesome story and uh, and then other stories that you might want to share about just your trips and, and places that you've visited well i was in costa rica and i was going to a language school in the capital city and then when i on the weekends, I would just travel somewhere, and I had traveled out of the city and to another town, I believe it was called Heredia. And when I went, was going back to the capital, because of the confusion of how the bus system worked, I ended up on the wrong bus <laughs> and went to a whole other town and got off the bus not knowing. I knew I was in the wrong place because it wasn't where I was supposed to be, not knowing what town I was in, not knowing what to do. I was so flustered, so upset, I couldn't even think straight. <laughs> and trying to calm myself down, and out of nowhere came this little, uh, and all I could do was walk around in broken Spanish asking where the bus was to the capital. And, and so out of nowhere came this little old lady that just took me by the hand, took me the correct bus, put me on the bus, she just basically loved on me. It's going to be okay. Put me on the uh, correct bus, paid the bus driver, told the bus driver where I needed to go, and sent me home. It's like God just sent me this little old lady. Did you say she spoke English? Huh? Did you say she spoke English? Yes, yeah, she did. Hmm. Wow. And so, I mean, but she, it was broken English. Wow. It's like, it's like, you know, uh, you know, she just basically, it's okay, 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 right. you're okay, you're okay. You know, <laughs> where you go, where you go, where you want to go. Uh, of course, there's a lot of people in Costa Rica that speak English, but right. uh, it was just, it, but she came out of nowhere. I don't know where she came from. I felt like God just sent her to me. Wow. Uh, wow. Because there was tons of people around, but she just like came right out of nowhere, right straight to me, like she was sent to me to save me. You know, yeah, and 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 I was thinking, and, and that obviously Costa Rica is one example, but you've been Patty in a lot of different uh, places. Frankie said, "What was kind of the catalyst that made you start going overseas um, and going to all those places?" Uh, the first time I went out of the country, I was just it was just across the border to Mexico uh, with my dad. I don't really much remember about that, except that he bought me a present. Because, <laughs> you know, that's what kids remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I remember I remember going across the border, buying a present, getting a taco and going, this is not a taco. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying, right, Frank? Yes. That's okay. awesome. Because I'm thinking um, Tex-Mex taco. Tex-Mex taco. <laughs> and so, uh, but I actually, um, me and my late, my first husband, my late husband, um, uh, we were volunteer missionaries with a co- uh, group at SFA that we loved on college students. And I believe my first time to go out of the country for really into a country and experience a country past tourism or whatever was we took these college students to a sister campus like a cultural exchange in Mexico City. I think it was 
UNAM was a university mm-hmm. or something like that. Anyway, did I say that right? I don't even know. You did. Okay. You did. And, uh, and so, and I really can't say how much I actually did there because I was making sure these college students stayed alive. <laughs> For, I mean, because their parents were like going, they're my babies. I don't care if they're college students. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I really got to go to some churches there, and I got to uh, really meet some people because we did these cultural exchanges and had some really awesome conversations about um, God and Jesus just by asking um, by this opening question we had of who is Jesus to you. And um, so my first reason for going out of the country like that was to take these college students and to um, and be with them and to do this cultural exchange with us like a sister university. And I just, um, I don't know, as a kid, I traveled a lot, obviously, with our nomad lifestyle and everything. I learned how to read a map real early in life because my dad said, here, read the map, quit asking me how far it is. Um, and then I did that several times at the university. Um, I just do like to travel to other places. And then um, I had taken, um, audited some Spanish classes at Angeline College, which is close to where I was teaching school. I had a lot of, I taught deaf kids and hard of hearing children, had a lot of um, Spanish-speaking families, and a couple of them, um, maybe their parents might speak English, but maybe the grandma who's staying with them is coming to pick the kid up does not. And I got tired of getting a translator just to say, how are you? Mm. I mean, I could say, how are you? But to find out, oh, they just want to pick up their kid for a doctor's office, and I'm getting a translator over that. So I wanted to know a little bit of Spanish, so I audited this class. Well, I got invited to um, this language school, and I thought, well, I'll just go immerse myself for a month. And so I just really enjoyed running around that country in Costa Rica. And it just kind of makes you, um, if you go in with the mindset that it's going to be different, don't try to make go find America, uh, United States there. That right. makes me aggravated when I hear people from the United States <laughs> complaining about things there when it's just different because they're diff- it's right. different. It's not right or wrong. It's different. Yep. And you hear them complaining because they can't find iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, uh, true. And I'm like, bring your iced Get some, bring your own iced tea. Okay, <laughs> give me a break. Try a drink from there. Yeah, try, exactly. Try what they do, and so, um, and so I just fell in love with um, learning how people do differently and exposing myself. It really opened up my mind and to just basically to love people the way God created them. Yeah. God put them in these places and things. They develop their life based on their environment. Some, sometimes what they do is based on their environment, and what we do is based on our environment. Like, I don't wear a heavy coat in Costa Rica, you know. Right. I mean, and so there's, if you really uh, look at it, it makes a lot of sense what they're doing, you know, even though yeah. it's different. And I just fell in love with that, and I've been on a few mission trips, but sometimes I just go on and most myself in the culture. I, I really like to go to language school, even though I never became a good – Spanish speaker, I can just really torture that language. But I can eat and say hello and make a friend. Um, <laughs> and don't judge my verb tense. Um, but It's hard. But I got to stay in a host family when I was in Costa Rica. So I'm living with a family. Uh, I went there three times for three different – I'm a teacher, so I could only go for short times during the summer. I went two times uh, in the capital. I stayed in a host family once and a little bitty apartment once. And then I went into a small 
um, small village and got to stay in this village and all these people just liked the students going to that language school in their village so you get invited to their homes it's a whole different field than in the hotel mm-hmm. I just like learning about other cultures and why they do things and you can learn things you can share things I like cultural exchange and I also love opportunities that God's given me on my travels whether it's an official mission trip or not to share my faith and that's what I was going to ask you because, I mean, when you're, whenever you meet people and, and you're obviously full of the Lord and full of the Word of God, you can't help but to, to share the gospel, to share what, what the Lord is doing in your, in your life. And so what has been like maybe one or two instances where you've shared your faith with somebody in one of your, your trips um, that has really impacted you or you can recall? Well, um, when I was visiting Vietnam, I met a young uh, young man with, in a group of people. It wasn't just me and a young man. That would be kind of weird, the old married woman with the young man. It was a group of people yes. that we friends with. And he, uh, he had a whole lot of questions. Because uh, I don't really push it. I share who I am and, mm-hmm. and go with the divine. I mean, I don't just walk around in a foreign country pushing my life on people. I'm true to who I am and share who I am, whether it's an official mission trip or not. And, uh, and of course, I was visiting this country and, um, and, and, and made some friends there. And, and through talking, he just asked a whole lot of questions. And recently, I've gotten a message from him that he um, has gotten baptized. And I know for us, um, being the believer and baptism is secondary, but in some countries, baptism is your announcement and there's no going back. Mm-hmm. And so him announcing to his family he was getting baptized was a big deal. Wow. More so than he prayed the sinner's prayer. Right. To, I'm talking culturally. Yeah. Anyway, so I got a message and, and picture of showing him getting baptized in a swimming pool. Mm. Anyway, so that was pretty awesome. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I just, I have, I have been on buses that, Never shared my faith at all past the fact of just who are you, what you're doing here. And then I've been on buses. That the conversation, it was like the person was put on that bus. So it's not like every time I get on a bus, I'm I'm just, mm. I hate to use this word because it's not really correct. Kind of go with the flow, but I don't merely mean go with the flow. I'm going with, go with the true opportunities. I don't walk around trying to make them and force things. Right. I'm just true to who I am, and I have a true conversation. And... If I get asked questions, I answer them. And that's why I am wherever I visit. If I, they ask me, like if somebody was to walk up and find out, okay, my husband just had this accident, I'm going to answer the question uh, about my faith in God. You know, yeah. So that's how kind of how it work, I do it. And personally, I'm just going to put this out there. I think every Christian, every time they walk out the door, they're on a mission. Now I don't know. I don't mean a mission to track down people and shake them and choke them. I'm talking about when you go into a store, you are either making that person's life better, worse, or you're having no effect at all. Mm, that's a good you know? way to put it. And so when you're in that line and the cashier, your mission for the day may just be that woman, woman or man is having an awful day, and your mission may be just don't make it worse for them. They're having a hard enough time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I feel like so when I'm visiting, going to language school on an actual mission trip, or just visiting a country, if I'm in the cab with somebody and like, and the driver asks me a question, I answer it, but I don't get in the cab and start lecturing him. 
you know, it's yeah. a, you know, I guess more lifestyle, not everything. But I've had a few really awesome divine appointments, and I'm like going, whoa. Yeah, I love you know. what you just said. I'm going to clap for that. <laughs> we don't need any sound effects. We that can have awesome our own claps. What you just said. Yeah, Pat, Patty, <laughs> yeah. That, that is, I think that's like the best thing to, to end on because I think anyone listening to this, um, if you are a Christian, you call yourself a believer in Christ, when you walk out your door, you carry that mantle. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always have to be this super spiritual where you you know see someone saved on the spot, but just simply being uh, being someone who, who can smile at a cashier. Or I was a waiter in college, and there's a stereotype, and it's a true stereotype. The hardest day to work was Sundays right after church. I um, agree. I had that problem too. And okay, and so and so, I just love what you say. What mm-hmm. you're saying about man, just be you know, sh- uh, show the gospel through your actions. You don't always have to lecture somebody, but but just show it. So I love that, Patty. That's mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, be the light. Amen. Just be the light. Amen. And uh, one one more question. Um, I know you've just went through the 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 um, the situation with your husband, Dennis. Was again, he's awesome. And um, what what is the Lord teaching you recently that uh, maybe something that the Lord is stirring in your heart that you like to share with us? Oh my goodness! Um, I really, to be quite honest, I don't, I'm not really answering your question because I don't really feel like anything new. I think I have been stirred and reminded that all the foundation I have has been stirred up and saying, see, yes. Um, What I mean is, like, you know that God is our Heavenly Father and that you know that He loves us. He sent Jesus on the cross for our sins. You know all these things. And you know that He's like the ultimate healer and everything. You know that in your head, but when you walk through an experience, mm. it's like learning it again. So I don't really feel like I've been learning anything new. I feel like I have been relearning everything I thought I knew and thought I knew. Mm-hmm. I don't. Did that make any oh, sense? Oh, that makes absolutely sense. Because it's like I knew that God, he's the creator of all. I knew that he could walk in and Dennis could walk out that door. I knew that he could walk in the, uh, and he was in that room, and he might be walking us through a process. And I did do my best to practically do what I just said to all the. I don't think I was perfect with all the nurses and the workers, but I tried to love on them in my stress. I yeah. can't say I was perfect at it. I'm just saying I tried to walk that in, practic- in, in practical ways during this process, and I knew that. He could do all that, and I knew that he may choose because I thought uh, that, you know, Dennis's time to, for his reward in heaven was here and that he would be with me if that was the my Heavenly Father's decision. But walking through it just really solidifies everything I knew in my head more in your whole being. Mm. I don't know if I'm making that clear or not. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess that kind of answers your question, but it's really not new stuff. It's relearning visiting what you've been taught all your life right yeah and and you've and you've passed a test mm-hmm. on everything all the deposits mm-hmm. that god has put inside of you that's awesome i i did try really hard to i can't say i didn't have a few moments that it's like of overwhelmness mm-hmm. you know there was one time in the waiting room 
uh, in one of the brain surgeries that I was left in there for a few minutes by myself, that the only thing that I could do, think to do, I pulled up YouTube and just turned on somebody's YouTube channel of Christian worship songs. I don't even know. I think they were pretty old worship songs. I don't even know. That's all I knew to do at that moment. That's all I had strength to do because I had no ability to pray. I had no ability to do anything except for they're just being overwhelmed. But mm. I just pulled that up and set that there. So, so I can't say I walked through it perfectly. I did the best I could and just leaned on God. And I did do my best to really show my thankfulness to all these hard workers in the hospital and stuff. And right down to the person who who was cleaning the room because they are equally important because they're keeping the place sanitized. Amen. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, everybody is important, you know, that's in that process of helping you. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful testimony. It really is. Powerful revelation of going back to the foundations of our faith. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Patty, for coming on. We yep. are really, uh, really excited to share this with, uh, with Trinity Fellowship and the greater world. So. Absolutely. So, Alex, welcome. cue the cue, wait, wait, cue, outro music. Cue the outro I music. It. I got it. <laughs> now I flipped it on you, so you cue it. <laughs> but thank you so much. Okay. I appreciate you, you a lot. You're and, welcome. And, uh, and for those of you listening to us, well, we'll see you uh, next week for another episode of TFC Conversations. All right, we're out.